Dimitri Samarov is the artist. He's the uh, star of the show. My name is Bill Savage. Um, I teach in the English department at Northwestern, and one of my areas of specialization is Chicago, Chicago literature history. And I've worked with Dimitri on a couple of book projects and, and other things. So I'm delighted to have the opportunity to chat with him and with you all about what we're looking at around us, the, the CTA drawings. Um, the plan is I'm going to ask Dimitri some questions. We'll see where the conversation goes. It's completely open-ended and free-form. Uh, the quiz thing was just a joke. It will be an essay. <laughs> um, I would expect them all to be submitted by tomorrow in Word documents in a thousand-word thousand minimum. Um, and then Q&A at the end. Um, and I, I plan to keep it pretty tight, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes. We'll see how the talking actually goes. Sure. Um, hopefully more people will wander in. And then, of course, you'll be inspired to buy smart because... That's how it should Because Stan has locked the doors, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> can't lose without a piece of artwork. We're all in here. And artwork you already own doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the best place to begin is almost always at the beginning. Uh, what inspired you to start doing this kind of thing? Um, what I know of your work history, you're very much about drawing whatever's in front of you. Uh, you work in a lot of different mediums, which I think is a better way to put it than media. From what you're talking about, sure. production, um, you know, oils, other things, and I know because I've got them on my wall. There yeah. are kinds of them. Um, but what inspired you to start doing this particular kind of drawing um, on the CTA, both trains and buses? Well, I, I've been drawing on trains and buses probably since I was a kid, but uh, usually with pen or pencil, just in a sketchbook, and I always wanted to have them be in color somehow, but I don't like drawing from, I'm painting from drawings. Mm -hmm. and I can never figure out how to do this because you can't really do a painting on a bus. I mean, I, you know, that, that, that's some crazy. Setting up the easel would, would take up two seats. That's some crazy commitment to art that yeah. even I'm not willing to go that far. <laughs> and a little announcement of don't put your stuff on the seat next to you so others may sit down would be probably. Yes, uh, so then, Sometime last year, uh, early last year, I saw some kids at a yard sale drawing with the uh, Crayola crayons, just and I it had a sort of eureka moment about how, you know, you have instant color but you're drawing, and explain what you mean by instant color versus drawing. Well, uh, you know, a drawing like with a pencil or a pen, mm -hmm. it's it's monochromatic, you okay. know, there's no color, but. Uh, you know, painting you do usually with a brush. It's not drawing. And you mix your own colors. You mix you mix the colors. I mean, it's it's a very different process than drawing. Okay. But uh, a lot of children's art sort of implements like crayons and markers. Uh, you know, you, you get kind of the best of both worlds. But I very much thought of them as like sort of children's, mm -hmm. like children's almost like you know like it's like a game or something. I just it, like markers didn't occur to me. Uh, not, not serious artist. Yeah, the capital S, capital A. I guess so. Yeah, I was a, I was a snob. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't but, going there. <laughs> sure, I, I, I can own snob. Snob's fine by me. Uh, no, but uh, the, the crayons weren't the, the colors weren't saturated enough. They weren't. They didn't read uh, the way mm -hmm. I wanted them to. But I thought of other children's art tools and markers, mm -hmm. kind of sprang to my head. So I went to the art supply store and started buying markers and discovered there's a million different kinds and they're very fancy and not cheap actually but uh, <laughs> so I, I started riding around and uh, with these markers first I had like four markers then I had like six then ten and then uh, it, it got ridiculous to the point where I had to go 
to a thrift store and buy an old lady's purse <laughs> and, and hang it around my neck so all the markers were in there so I could grab them. So I eventually became a crazy character on the CTA. <laughs> you joined, you became part of your... But, but I mean, to, you know, to the larger point being I wanted... I wanted the immediacy, like the first-hand experience mm -hmm. of, of the other things I do, like the paintings. Like I could do a painting in a coffee shop or a bar, which is a different kind of public space, but I could set up my paints and stuff because I'm sitting in one place. Right. On a bus or a train, that's not possible, and this was kind of my, my solution. So is, uh, were they done with a big sketchbook or were those individual pieces of paper? Individual. That, that was the size of the sketchbook. Basically, it was dictated by what I could carry in my, in mm -hmm. my bag, that, you know, my, okay. my courier bag that I carry everywhere. Right. Yeah. How did you pick your locations for doing this? Was this about you were spending all this time on the bus in Yale anyway, so you just started filling it, or did you start like saying, well, today I think I'll get on the rail line? I, it start, well, it started with the, with the bus and train lines that I use the most, which currently I live in Bridgeport, so my first, my first CTA... Uh, vehicle is the Halstead bus, so probably more than any other of these w was done on the Halstead bus. But then I would switch off the bus and get on the Orange Line, and the Orange Line would take me to the Loop, and there I had many choices. Mm -hmm. I could transfer to any other of the train lines, mm -hmm. and eventually I started taking trips just to do these. So I'd go the Green Line from one end to the other, uh, you know, mm -hmm. both like Green Line from Oak Park to. 63rd in Ashland or, or to the other country. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I did every, every train line and probably a dozen buses okay. for these, yeah. And this might seem to be drilling down a little too deep, but did it feel different when you were on the bus or train just to draw it versus you going up to the north side and see a movie and you just draw on the way? Like, was there a sense of the work being different? As well, I, I mean, I, it had to be with the, these because, because the with the com complexity of balancing all the colors and everything, they took a lot longer to do than the, the regular sketchbook mm -hmm. sketches. So, uh, I mean, I had to pretty much run them to the end of the line to finish one. Okay. You know, because, yeah, I, I don't think I could have done one in less than, say, half an hour, 40 minutes or something. Okay. And I threw away many, many of these. There's 49 in the show, and I probably did around 100 or so, you know? So, yeah, 50%. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'd be in the Hall of Fame yeah. <laughs> of marker drawers. Of marker drawers. Yeah, it's located in Crayola, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but the another question I have for you about your method. I know a lot of your work is uh, I wouldn't call it landscape, but cityscapes. Mm -hmm. You know, buildings, things that don't move so much. Yeah. Right. So when you're looking at a, a train car, and by the way, how many people in the room regularly ride a CTA? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of irregular. I'm on a bicycle most of the time. Yeah. Um, today, I had to, because of the rain, I was on the train. There was the usual. Later, we'll tell like crazy train stories. Crazy, <laughs> you have your crazy train story ready, because this will be All fun. Right. But one defining feature of any public transportation is people are getting out and off all the time. Yes. So, how did you balance, you know, your desire to depict this space with people constantly moving? And some of the some of the drawings seem to have the energy of movement, like things are happening. Like, well, yeah. Like over here, where. You see the guy sitting down in the black shirt, but you also see the guy standing in front of him. Yeah. Sort of as a see-through. Well, and that is that time happening? I mean, how did... The time is happening. The only constant is me sitting in one spot. But I'll, mm -hmm. I'll guarantee that most of these people, like with, where you see more than one person, mm -hmm. they weren't there at the same time because 
during the time it took me to draw any of these people, they probably, afterwards they got up and left and then went on to the next one. Okay. So one of the things was capturing uh, many, many moments in a place. Uh, I mean, they, they, kind of, well, they kind of relate to the, some of the stuff I did when I was a cab driver. Uh, I did right. a series of cab paintings, which were cabs in, at the airport, which are about to leave, mm -hmm. you know, and I had a, had a two or three hour window to do these paintings uh, until the whole scene was gone. And this was, I mean, different kind of challenge, but yeah, because the people were getting up and going. I'd had a little bit of experience with this uh, drawing in coffee shops and bars because mm -hmm. the, the same thing happens. I mean, there they sit longer, but here, yeah, you sometimes I had 30 seconds, so sometimes they're barely ghosts in some of these, or just an outline of somebody and they get up and leave, so. So it's as much a, a period of time as it is a moment in space, or that's a bad I'm mixing up metaphors. It's as much like time and space are mixed up here. Yes. The space, the physical space of the bus or train is what it is, but the people we're seeing are happening over time. Yes. So it's kind of like the whole ride without the cliche of looking out the window of the buildings going on. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, like the, they have those che cheesy stop motion things, you know, like yeah. the hours of the day or whatever, the sun right. going up, sun going down. This is like a yeah a drawing version of that in a certain okay. in a certain way. Did you work in rush hour or or primarily non rush hours? Primarily not because in rush hour there was just you couldn't see past you know people. Give your pants with a guy's butt in your face. Yeah, which sort of I mean I think I want to go back and do that actually. But, uh, <laughs> so you could have a whole car filled up with all the different people who stood in front of you one at a time. Yeah, a, a few of them like. If you see, look at the drawing in back, that's a rush hour drawing for sure, because you see all the people in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, standing up, yeah. Standing up and blocking most of the, most of the view. Uh, so yeah, uh, like, that's looking from the back of the bus forward, and you can't see the driver, whereas in a lot of them you can. Or the, the driver, the, the mirror, driver. yeah. Uh, yeah, the windshield wipers, yeah, the, the front of the bus. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you have a spot, whether it was an L or a, a bus, where you always wanted to be in a particular seat, or did you just like randomly wherever I end up sitting? Uh, no, I, the, the, I basically I wanted as as much as many different views as possible, and there's a couple of spots on a bus and on trains, uh, and uh, of course I have to adjust because there are several different uh, brands of or vintages of right. buses and trains, right. and the seat layout is different on each. Uh, which yeah, I like like the the above ground like the uh, the elf like the orange line right. the brown line is a very different configuration than the red and the blue. Right. It's a different kind of train. Yeah, and the uh, I remember a few years ago, DNA Info one of the news sites had a uh, you know pick your favorite spot on the train. And it was always like a spot where you would be alone and get out easily. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which right, but yeah, mo yeah. Mostly, I'd pick a spot towards the, either the front or the the back of a of a train, you know. Because you knew you weren't getting out to the end of the line. Anyway. Yeah, and I wanted as much as a wide a vantage point as possible. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, there's, there's several times I'd go to the end of the line, then or halfway through and switch to a different mm -hmm. seat if if the drawing if the drawing was done, I'd okay. start a different one so, oh, yeah, from a different spot. Okay. Yeah. So the, the spaces have their rules, but one of the things about the CTA is there's a lot of interpersonal rules about how people interact or should interact or think each other should interact. How did people take it? Did anyone notice what you were doing? Did people object? Did Nobody bus drivers yeah. or train operators ever be like, what the heck, dude? Because, I mean, they'll stop you from taking pictures Yeah. With, with anything resembling a real camera. Obviously, with 
Everyone has a phone camera. Oh, they, they, stop, they stop you with a camera? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they're taking pictures of you all the time. Right. I mean, well, they're, that's the surveillance, surveillance cameras. That's the surveillance state. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, very, very few people even notice because most people's faces are glued to their phones. Yeah, that's, that's in a lot. I mean, you see a lot of people with their heads down, and it's because they're, they're in their own little you know, mm-hmm. world. And that allowed me uh, more access to them than, you know, I would have otherwise. But a few people came up and, and sort of were adm- admiring of what I was doing. But, yeah, nobody objected. Interesting. Yeah. Because the CTA is a weird space in terms of the dynamic of public and private. Sure. Like, there's a sense of you want it to be like your own semi-private space when you're in it. Like, you don't want people sitting next to you if there's lots of empty seats, you don't sit next to somebody... Um, you, people have an expectation of being left alone, which gets violated routinely because the CTA is obviously also our de facto homeless shelter and mental health facility, um, especially in extreme weather. But yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, it didn't concern me because I, I've I've done art in public spaces forever and mm-hmm. ever, and I'm I'm pretty good at not staring at people. I'll glance over and glance away. Okay, like, n- nobody felt uncomfortable. You know, I don't think. Whereas if you took uh, out your camera, if you took out yeah. your camera and started taking pictures, people would feel that but, yeah, like, like the, yeah, that I was uh, yeah crossing mm-hmm. some sort of line, and also, but as far as watching the other people, I mean, I feel like any of these public places are basically just a theater for me to enjoy. So <laughs> I've always felt that way, and, and maybe fellow, I'm a jerk for your that. Your fellow Chicagoans are merely actors upon the stage. Yeah, and every time the, the play starts over and over again, just like in the cab, just like everywhere right. else I go, they're all performing just for me. <laughs> until they until they draw them, whereupon they are performing for a larger audience. Yeah. 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 Well, the CTA occupies kind of a weird space imaginatively in Chicago, right? Everyone hates it, everyone loves it. You're, you have to, you almost have to use it, right? There are neighborhoods that don't, obviously. This is, you live in Beverly, right? There's places where you can... It's Beverly's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, I, although I, I, I managed to yeah. use the CTA from Beverly. You can take the Ashland bus to 95th Street, right. uh, which takes a very, very long time if right. you're coming from around here. But if you yeah. have all the time in the world, do your drawings then. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, imaginably for you, how does a CTA differ fundamentally from setting up on a street corner or setting up in a bar or, or a coffee shop? Um, what is it about the CTA that makes it um, mean what it means? What does it mean to you is maybe a, a better way to start that question. Like, is it, obviously it's more than just getting from point A to point B. You treat it as yeah. a theater, as a, a form of... Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a connective, it's a, it's a line like, like, mm-hmm. a, like a vein or something that mm-hmm. connects the city. From one point to to another, mm-hmm. so you can you can start on a train line, say like on the red line, and start up at Howard in Rogers Park and end up on 95th Street, mm-hmm. and you're still in the same city, but it's a very different part of the city, and right. you can you can watch diff- the different people that live in all these neighborhoods get on and off, right? Uh, and and that 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 that's always been fascinating to me, watching you know. Yeah, with with the train lines, it's, there's some very, very abrupt cutoffs in terms of race, in terms of mm-hmm. class. <laughs> like you, you get everybody piling out, and suddenly, you know, it's only black people, you know, or only white people, <laughs> or, or only rich people. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah my, my experience, yeah. And, you know, I, I ride it frequently from 95th Street up to Howard. Yeah. Uh, in the when, when it's not biking weather, um, it's not just like who's on the train; it's like how people get on and off. Like, lots of people get on at every stop between 95th and Roosevelt, but very few people get off 
at any like they don't get out at 87th and get off at, at 55th because yeah. there's no reason to get off at 55th. Everyone's getting on to go downtown, and that just teaches you about the way that South Side has been economically devastated. It's kind of a, an empty wasteland in some sure. ways. Somewhere on the West Side, coming on the Green Line. Other than the Garfield Park Conservatory, really, people don't get off at the intervening stops. Yeah. They get on where they're getting on and they're, they're headed downtown yeah. or they're headed out to Oak Park. Um, simply because of like the, the reality of the urban landscape yeah. and how it interacts with these, these issues. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a, a million moments like that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's definitely part of the thing of doing these is I get, I get to observe all that. Uh, uh, and... So in those observations, was there any, when you started doing this in a more dedicated way, was there something that surprised you? Where you're like, damn, I never expected X. Uh, I, I, was, I was on a couple of, I mean, I think the... Uh, and I know I'm asking for dredging stories out of memory here, so... Yeah, less, less so out of, the, out of the, uh, the public, more about the range of different kinds of bus drivers and the way they act, the way they drive. Oh. I mean, because, okay. because I was bus handling all these, all these markers... Uh, in my hand, I'd have like five markers in my left hand while I was drawing with one, and then this old lady bag around my neck. So I was being jostled all over the place. I think someone's taking Try- pictures of you with their cell phone and as posted as the crazy drawing guy. Or something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, I, I was on a bus once on the on Forty Seventh Street where this bus driver. It was it was kind of a busy sort of rush hour afternoon, and he got into the 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 park, right park lane and just gunned it. And, and smashed off his uh, rearview mirror off a light pole. I mean, he Whoa. just he just lost his shit, and uh, there was just, it was total road rage. Uh, other ones are driving like they're comatose. You know, <laughs> uh, they're just they're obviously ahead of schedule, so they're trying to slow things slow down. Things down. And it's just such a range, and uh, some some of them will have somebody standing right. Blocking the passageway, mm-hmm. talking to them the whole time. Right. It's like they're on a date or something. <laughs> uh, all, all kinds of all kinds of interesting human behavior, and well, like I said before about the the human theater mm-hmm. thing, uh, it just goes on all the time. It's just little bits and pieces, fragments. And so, yeah, I mean, these drawings are that way too. They're all just fragmented mm-hmm. bits and pieces together. You know, yeah. There's there's not a a type like I can't really put a bow on any you know uh, these experiences. It's was there any, bits and pieces. Any, anything happened while you're doing this that you would remember even if you weren't doing the drawings? Like some uh, obviously that you just told one with the guy. Knocking yeah, the guy knocked. Yeah, there. and then he, yeah he he kicked out all of us off the bus because he had to obviously Do go and call report. call the supervisor and see if he was fired or not. <laughs> Whatever. There's a union. He'd be good. For yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was really pretty concentrated on doing these when I was doing them. So you tend not, when you're looking visually in order to draw something, you tend to block out other stuff that's happening and you're really just that focused? I'm really trying to focus. In, in, in a couple of the earlier ones, I was trying to include text, like there's one over there mm-hmm. with some text, and that was something, that in green on the bottom is something that uh, the bus driver was saying to somebody who was complaining at them. But... Uh, I, I found out it was uh, I, that sort of was limiting. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was it kind anchored of, in a moment in time. It was anchoring yeah. into one moment, and it became like this fixing a narrative in a way I didn't want it to be. Uh, so mm-hmm. I tried to the best I could just to capture like the visual visual parts of it. Uh, but I mean, I've I've heard as far as feedback that at least some of them capture whatever the motion of the bus or like the feeling of being the feeling of yeah that sort of rocking. Motion. So I think that's what I was trying to. 
that was the overall thing. Uh, also, I mean, an interesting thing that happened at the opening for the show was somebody from the CTA came. Oh, jeez. And uh, apparently, internally, somehow they heard about this work and they were very happy about it. Well, because it's not a negative thing about the CTA. <laughs> you don't have anyone featuring people having sex or a dead body or anything? No, no dead bodies, nothing. You yeah. Know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he... His job is to, to watch uh, the surveillance cameras of people abusing the drivers, the bus drivers. He's telling me about people like spitting at the drivers and stuff, you know, like all kinds of stuff. They, so it's, it's not surprising that they can be sort of a little shell-shocked sometimes. I've got the, the amount of abuse that they have to put up with and the, the other drivers, it's just the, the stress of it. It's yeah, I've, surprising I've got... that they're not out there with guns blazing, you know? <laughs> to back that story up, okay. and this would be maybe a good transition to... Uh, questions from the audience yeah. and anecdotes from the audience. Um, I've got an in-law who's a therapist who works for a company that specializes in uh, people who work for public transportation, train drivers when they hit a person and kill them, or in bus drivers, and she will not ride a bus. Really? Because of what she's seen with what bus drivers Because she's thinking that any moment they can just any snap moment, any one of them and just snap and just driving off into the lake. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a level of paranoia I don't personally agree with, but then again, I haven't heard all the stories. So yeah, yeah. If you start pull, pulling pretty, death thread, you, you never leave the house. Yeah, you know? exactly. You, oh. you go in the basement and lock the, you know. No, not the basement. That's the most dangerous spot in the house. Fallout shelter? Yeah, but the, the reason the, the anecdote I brought up, you know, people dead or having sex, this, I, in bike weather, I very rarely ride the CTA because I will bike anywhere. Um, which leads to different sort of visual encounters in the city. I know you're a biker too, so yeah. But it's no way you're drawing on the bike. You'd have to stop. And, uh, no, it's a very different no. thing. No. Um, but this morning, because of the weather, I took the purple line to work for the first time since last probably March or April. Yeah. And as the train was pulling into the Howard platform, before it came to a full stop, so a guy pulls the, the thing to open the door, and this large, punkish-looking guy with his pants not quite fully on and a similarly semi-unclad young woman like jumped off the train and ran before the train had even come to a full stop. And so I get on and I just look around and every single person on the train is like, damn, I didn't need to see that this early in the morning. <laughs> so at what point these people got beyond public display of affection and into actual sex, I'm not sure. I didn't want to act. People were genuinely traumatized by it. But it hadn't been some kind of violence, I don't think, because of the way these two... No, I, I never saw anything that extreme. I saw a few people... Uh, uh, pissing in between cars, that's a common one. On trains? Yeah, you know, in between, yeah, they, they, in between they, yeah. Car, yeah, cars, they go... If just, they hit the third rail, they're dead. <laughs> I didn't see one die. I'm not joking. So, I did yeah. not see one die. Well, okay, good. Yeah. And if you had, it just would have been... One I, I mean, I, I, was, I was thankful to them that they didn't yeah, actually close the door behind them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you want some privacy sometimes, yeah. even in the big city. Um, so, that, that about sums up the things I was interested in uh, asking yeah. about. So let's turn it over to the audience. Stand in the back with the first question. My question that's been going on in my head is, you've taken trains and buses. Did your drawing style change from one to the other because of the smoothness maybe of the train, the stop and go on the bus? Did that affect your drawing style in different transportation? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think some, some of the, the viewpoints, just because of the layout of the seats. I, but yeah, I, I found plenty of turbulence on both. I mean, there, there are places on trains where, where they shake pretty, pretty bad. Uh, but yeah. I would think that the stop and go on the bus with the dead change your 
make you work quicker or shorter strokes or <laughs> well yeah you, you know you have to you have to adjust for conditions yeah. all the time you have to compensate uh, yeah I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't too too cognizant of it. it. It was just part of the environment. That's the, you know, like like if you're a landscape painter and, and it starts getting windy, you know, you tie down the, the canvas and do the best you can. That was just the conditions that I had to work with. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. Not that I can think of any specific differences between the buses and trains. Anyone else? Yes. Your color palette. Why this color palette? Why not do them in dull browns and grays? Uh, why, um, hmm. And you said you started with just a few colors and kept adding more and more. Uh, I mean, there actually are a lot of bright colors on the CTA. I didn't necessarily match every color I saw, but I wanted, I wanted them to be able uh, to be read visually from a distance. Uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a new way for me to work with color because usually I paint and I mix all the colors and I can keep adjusting and adjusting, whereas... With this, I had the colors I had, so I tried. I I would pick one color, and then I I had recognized that I was missing something in between, and that's why I kept buying more and more markers as needed. <laughs> yeah, the Blick people must have loved it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Here it's actually uh, yeah. What's the name of that artist and craftsman on on uh, Wabash? And yeah. some of the, you know, if you think about it, this is a transformation. Those of us who lived in Chicago for a long time are very cognizant of. Now the CTA is all about colors. Yeah, the yellow lines are colors. I remember the Jackson Park Englewood. Sure. No, I mean, I, I remember when, yeah, when it was, it was the Ravenswood line. Right, the, the red line. Hair, Yeah. Evanston uh, Express versus... The Pooh. Howard, yeah. not the red, yeah. That changed when I was in art school, actually, yeah. the, because the orange line came in, and that was the new line, I think. Right. That's around when they, they did... And even then, I think the they called it the Midway at first. Did they call it the Midway at so. first? Yeah. And Frank Carisi is the one who made the colors coded. But some of those colors, I mean, I look here... And we were talking earlier, you said that you can tell buses versus trains because buses have those yellow... Yeah, the, the yellow poles are the buses and the, the gray kind of metal silvery ones are the trains. Uh, but uh, also, yeah, I mean, because of the time constraints of what I had with, with all these people, I needed uh, contrasting bright enough colors that would read in the fragments because I, I wasn't going to finish them later or anything. Right. I, I knew, so I, I picked colors for visual impact, basically. For the pop. Like pocket. I'm like looking yeah. over here, the third one over on the lower level, those blue seats. Yeah, like blue that seat. is the empty, the empty seat that says, you know, this you are on the CTA. But there's someone in the one on the left as you look at it, for part of the time, or standing in front. Yeah. Of it. But that particular blue and that particular plastic beige. Yeah, I think so. I think to me, like the like earth tones or like more subtle kind of tonal colors, uh, it it would it sort of to me indicates more time or like more subtlety and like which I didn't have available while doing this so that's why the bright colors I think and when you get on a bus or a train car you walk in and you are struck by all this stuff at once too so there's a sense in which yeah, and it's, yeah it's a collection of quick moments rather than sitting and like staring at something for hours or days or years you know <laughs> yeah and that's sort of the experience of the CTA hopefully is not being on there for years. It's, <laughs> it's just moments. Yeah. Well, didn't there a study just come out that Chicagoans spend a year of their life commuting? Right. But Which is sad. So More? Said it's mostly summers, right? Yeah, summer, summers and spring, warm weather months. I mean, actually, yeah, one of the other sort of inspirations for doing these is, was to get out of the heat. Because, <laughs> the, because the trains and buses are usually 
Some to, actually not all of them, but some of them are air conditioned. Is this over period of a year? I started them last year, and uh, yeah, about yeah, probably two, yeah, three quarters of them are from last year, but another quarter is from earlier this year. So it's over the course of about a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a year, year and a half. Yeah. More questions, Ellie? Uh, okay. And then you're. I don't know if you've seen, and I've not seen for quite a while, the people of the CTA website. Nope. It's a Never website seen it. where people snap photos of, like, usually someone drank and passed out in the CTA, and they're this small, and they're very entertaining. Right. Yeah. In the city, and you're definitely like, seen that, seen that. But there is a moment at which it does become a little. The voyeurism of it becomes a little disturbing, a little, and so you know, thinking of that website and looking at yours, which of course are not focused on that, but still, did you feel that like um, sense of am I being too voyeuristic? Am I being exploitative at all? Or did, were there things that you did not uh, draw because you would feel you were being too exploitative? No, they're out in public. So I, I don't I don't feel that at all. Uh, but I don't. That said, I don't think I was I wasn't looking for something. The person with a bottle of Jack Daniels passed out on the seat. If if he happened to be on my bus on on that bus, I would have drawn him. Uh, yeah. But you wouldn't select that. Yeah, I wouldn't go through all the train lines to see the most pitiful looking person yeah, and, and plop down next to him. Yeah, my point my my thing was to find a place and and try to catch as much as what I was in front of me. Uh, and, and I wasn't looking for ugliness uh, specifically, you know? So, yeah, it wasn't that kind of humor, like making fun of other people thing either. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that distinguishes voyeuristic stuff, which is what was kind of behind my question about privacy, in a sense, you know, we're on the L, we have a, on the bus, we have a sense of this is my space, leave me alone. But the minute you look in your phone or you open a book or a newspaper, and by the way, if you look at old news stories, People commuting on trains back in the day would all be reading their newspapers. And sure. Your phone is your newspaper now. I don't. I don't yeah. buy the whole. The world is different. But you are. And you had you the street fo- street photographers with weird spy cameras that right. would photograph. You know, they'd have a lens going shooting sideways to yeah. catch candid fo- like for that right. for those kinds of reasons. But yeah, I mean. But once you're in public, the expectation of privacy goes away, and you can create your own sense of I'm in private, but I that doesn't mean other people don't see you. Yeah, I mean, and this, and that's a lot of the, the sort of conflict you get on the CTA is when people don't respect those boundaries. And sitting there drawing sure. is totally respectful of boundaries because you're not actually touching or talking or also you're not I invading mean, anyone's space because it's this weird outmoded thing to be doing. Most people don't understand that what I'm doing is related to them, anyways. They, it doesn't occur to them. They I think you're just coloring, like the coloring book craze nowadays. Well, yeah, the grown-up yeah. coloring books. Or, yeah. yeah, maybe I, I don't know, or maybe maybe them, you know. A few cards short of a full day, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably true, anyways. But. We're all we're all at least one bottle shy of a six pack. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You've uh, been in uh, uh, venues where well, with people where there's move, lots of movement, and sometimes you don't have a lot of time to capture them. Yeah. Have you done any that where the subjects have more uh, uh, rooted out? I haven't done too many courtrooms, but I've done a lot of coffee shops and bars. Where, where yeah, where they sit longer. Yeah. They sit longer, you, you have the time to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, some of them were were done were actual portraits where they sat specifically to be ah, painted. Okay. Yeah, in but just in a bar. Is or, there what you prefer? Do you prefer those that are more 
fluid and people moving around or where they're more stationary or six of one half dozen? Just to totally different different experiences. Yeah, I mean those are more of like a one one on one interaction and, and the where they're at is just part of the sort of the the, cup, the setting. Whereas these are really about catching like the environment or catching what it's like to be in these places. And the pe the people are the sort of like a viewer's way in in a way because you see some of these people and you recognize either things you've done or things you've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, very just very different. I, hard to compare. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in a, in a few cases, people sat long enough for me to get some detail. There's some. This guy asleep right here. Yeah, the guy asleep. Uh, yeah, there's some with some I more features. Sure just look at him. Yeah. Yeah, he was out. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, very different than like the portraits in public or private spaces. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, these aren't necessarily portraits. Also, because I don't know any of these people. You know, that's okay. another thing. They're all strangers. Yeah. Did you find yourself looking for the right color for skin tone and things like that? Well, I, I had to. I had to kind of uh, have a, a shorthand for it. Right. So yeah, I had. I had like a pinker tone. There's a couple of browns, a couple of kind of beige, mm -hmm. uh, and a, more of a yellowish. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it was definitely generalized, you know. Yeah. And because of the time constraints, I wasn't too worried about getting just the right shade for a person's skin, you know. But yeah, so there's a couple, couple of ones for white people, so a couple for black people, and some for in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you get into other cities in which you used their, their transportation and had a similar impulse to draw? And even if you didn't, um, just did you get a very different sense of what it's like to be in the New York metro versus wherever? Obviously. New York's definitely, I mean, I've been on the New York subway a lot. I've, I've never done a painting, well, because these paintings on the, <laughs> or color, color drawings or whatever these are, are brand new for me as of last year, but... Yeah, I think I, I did some drawings on the New York subway when I was like a teenager, I think. And I grew up in Boston. I did lots of drawings on, on the T in, in Boston. But that's your notebook and black and white yeah, sketch. And that, yeah, that's usually ballpoint pen or like felt tip or something. So yeah, these, yeah, these feel different. But also, I mean, I've spent more than half my life in the city and I, I'm on the public transportation all the time. So this feels like nearer and I feel like I'm more familiar and it's a very different thing to ride public transportation in a city you don't live in. Just, you know, I when you're worried about, will, yeah. I, will I miss my stop? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was never worried. I was, I wasn't worried for my safety on on any of these bus or train buses or trains. And I mean, one of the reasons why is that I was I was a cab driver here for nine years, so I wasn't going anywhere where I didn't know where it was. You know, mm -hmm. I knew every single place I went. Although being on a bus or a train is very different than being in a car or on foot. Yeah. I think they're no. I was trying. I was going for individuality. Uh, but, not, not, yeah, uh, but, but it's interesting that George yeah. perceived it that way because the time constraints you've expressed and the, the sort of like 
people are getting up and leaving and I'm not done drawing them, so I draw who sits down next. That might prevent something being like, like, will the, the person with the glasses and the headphones and the second from the left on the top, like, walk in here and recognize him or herself? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So there is a yeah. sort of generality to it. Yeah, there, there's definitely, well, and there's a, there's a fragmented thing where, like, I can't get much, but I definitely wasn't filling in, like, you know, average person, like, you know, no, and I wasn't, just, just because I didn't get, I only got to do, like, one eye rather than two. I wasn't <laughs> going to fill in with my idea of an eye for, or whatever. I, I guess what uh, I'm saying is that you're still capturing the essence of the piece, given the time and the strain, mm-hmm. and that it's not so detailed as to be particularly individual. It's still a little depiction of the experience, more mm-hmm. so than before. That's, that's all. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I have one last question, but I'll first yeah. any more from y'all. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you don't listen to like any music or anything like that when you're doing these drawings, right? You just kind of like the, the sounds that are around you. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, right? it's it's good to have, to hear the the conversations or just the the, now, the room the, sounds. Yeah. Some of the stuff that like people have asked when I've talked about before, like you see things when you're on the bus or the train, and you're yeah. just kind of like, oh, like that's crazy. I've seen that, or I've seen someone piss. <laughs> while, like, you know, you can think about that crazy shit like that happens all the time in these places. Did at any time in any of these experiences, like, not necessarily eavesdropping, but like you overhear or like you hear people's conversations or you hear things and like did at any of, and again, like jogging your memory like, at these times? Because I mean, I've seen you look before, uh, you mean, you stay pretty focused and you try to, uh, it, you never let people kind of take away from like when you're working. Yeah. Was there any time like something happened or like? I think I think I have a few notes in, in in one of my notebooks. Like I tried to write down stuff, but the problem was like I had two full hands of markers and this, this stupid bag around my neck. So <laughs> otherwise, I would big takeaway here is don't have a bag around your neck. Well, I couldn't figure out any other way where I could reach all the markers yeah. because I I had like thirty markers mm-hmm. in there, thirty yeah. forty yeah. markers in there. That I have to just reach into. I, I I bought one one like kind of like a poncho via like bandolier. Bandolier, from, I was gonna say. But it was too difficult to put each one back in. It, it took away from from the. You should have just had a sombrero with the pens in it. <laughs> yeah, just to look oh, even more ridiculous. But uh, yeah, but yeah, no, uh, probably not enough text uh, to, to to make like a book. Maybe one day. You know, I was gonna yeah. put one last audience and then I've got my Yeah, just an observation. I mean, you mentioned Boston and I was looking around and I had you know, it came a bit late, so I never sense to get I didn't have a chance to really get a sense of what you what you've done here. So I spent some time looking around. Um, I realized the last time I saw live jazz on music was in Boston just a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. A tiny little dive pub that I stumbled upon. And um, I realized that some of that energy of like music, of vibration comes across well, well that's a, that is a funny you should mention. That is a great transition. <laughs> My final question was going to be, so what's next, Dimitri? What do you got coming up? Well, yeah, what, what's next is is a book that will come out next year of sketches of musicians playing and with my memories of them, with a lot of memories and kind of thoughts about what was going on at the time. Uh, title? Uh, Music to My Eyes. It will be out from... But toward it will be blood and white. Yeah, those, those are just pen drawings. Yep, yep. Did that stay as a fashion statement for you? <laughs> 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 you walk around with the bag around the bag? I'm in talks with Nike. You know, I'm going to follow. <laughs> 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 just, 
right after they're done with Colin Kaepernick, I'm next with, with my old lady bag. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else want to say it? Just do it. It'll be yeah. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks.